Show me the science with Professor Luke O'Neill. Hello, Luke O'Neill here again and my Show Me the Science podcast. Now, I couldn't resist doing this one. Over the summer, I read a great book by a guy called Timothy Hampton. Let's give him credit. And you know what it's called? Cheerfulness, A Literary and Cultural History. Now, there's a great title for a book if ever there was one. And I'm going to talk about the science of cheerfulness. And let's face it, we've all been through a lot with the pandemic and various things happening in the world. Uh, and the winter is coming on and all the rest of it. So now more than ever, we need to be cheerful in a way. And it's a, it's not quite scientific, this one, I must admit, up front. So even though it's shall be the science, uh, this is a bit more about um, a cultural literary account of what cheerfulness is. But of course, cheerfulness is all about the mind and positivity and various things. So we'll touch on a couple of scientific uh, aspects as we go along. But really, it's more about the whole concept of cheerfulness and how we should be trying to be cheerful, I guess is the way I put it. Now, what also drew me to it is some of my favourite songs are all about being cheerful, not least Ian Jury and the Blockheads' Reasons to be Cheerful, Part 3, um, which is one of my favourite songs. Uh, great songs all through the, often in times of trouble, say you're after the Second World War and various things. Lots of songs are released to lift people's spirits and it's interesting this. And I remember reading somewhere as well, Paul McCartney saying um, when he was a kid growing up in Liverpool, he remembered all these great sing-songs and most of the songs were positive. And I guess it was to do with because people were, were suffering because of, you know, the depression or war world wars happening and all the rest so again we need we need happy music don't we to help us along and the big hits i love just forget your troubles come on get happy say or smile though your heart is breaking that that's a great song and in fact um i'm going to give a shout out to mary Coughlin if mary's listening i've got to know mary over the summer we've done some gigs together and she always sings that song which is brilliant you know so again it's a very interesting idea to be cheerful basically and psychologically it is a kind of a psychological and emotional response to the situation you're in. Now, very importantly, I'm not trying to say if people suffer from depression or anxiety, you can just get cheerful. That's, that's nonsense. People who suffer from, from those sorts of situations need help, obviously. And, and by the way, get help if you're feeling a bit down. It's very, very important. So this, this isn't what I'm talking about. It's if you're kind of not, not suffering from a mental health problem, you can actually, and psychologists have shown this, sort of convince yourself to be a bit more cheerful. And this is what this is about, really. And what got me was some of the good science in this was if someone turns up at a meeting, say, and they've got a cheerful demeanour and they're kind of smiling a bit and they're cheerful and they might even be, be faking it slightly. And very often when I come in here talking to Owen, I have to pretend to be cheerful. But it's contagious. And studies have shown this. It's kind of like a, a fire of cheerfulness can spread through a room. And I guess that was partly why some of those songs were written, to get someone to be a bit more cheerful. And then it might spread in a good way. And obviously it's, it's what psychologists also call an emotional resource. So if you can come up with a way to be cheerful, it can be a great resource if things are a bit troublesome. And you may have had some bad news or things could be difficult for whatever reason. And you can try to brighten a bit. And then that has sort of a, what they call a positive feedback effect where the mood can then begin to improve. There's also a good study showing which which Timothy talks about is if you can get yourself, kind of psych yourself up in a way I suppose is a good way to put it. Or as I say in sporting circles, get your game face on which, which you may have come across as a phrase energy levels go up, you feel more energetic, you can almost will yourself into getting onto the football field and going for it, you know, uh, by adopting a more cheerful demeanour. And I'm, at the end, I'm going to come back to kind of one or two ways that this might be uh, might be possible. Again, um, if you look back through history, the word cheerful actually comes from an old French word meaning face. So again, that phrase, get your game face on, is kind of true, you know, because cheerfulness comes across in someone's face. and And that's a visual thing. 
And what strikes me as very interesting is it, it, it can be about us being a social species. Humans are interesting as a species in that we're very social. We, we act as tribes, basically, and we need to be together. And isolation is, is a terrible thing for people because we're actually we evolved to be in a tribe. And your tribe might be your work colleagues, it could be your family, it could be your friends, whatever it is. And this social aspect means cheerfulness will spread in the tribe. And that's why we value leaders who are inclined to be positive and inclined to look on the bright side. And there's another great song, Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. Even though these seem like terrible cliches, especially if you're, you're suffering from depression. Uh, but these things can help, you know, to take these, these sorts of approaches and it'll spread. And spread a little happiness is another one. Um, so it does it seem that the, this business of cheerfulness spreading seems to have evolved as part of us as being a social creature, I guess, and to allow the whole tribe now to be cheered up just in case of some danger. And the tribe then can, can, can work together. Now, what I like about this as well is there's loads of references to cheerfulness in literary works. Jane Austen talks about it a lot, for example, and Shakespeare never shuts up about it. You know, he kind of, lots of his characters are cheerful. And when something bad is going to happen in a Shakespeare play, very often cheerfulness has gone in the character and now something bad happens to them. And that's Shakespeare's way of saying try and be cheerful, it might help you through difficult situations. And there's also this notion of rising above insults or problems or if you're getting, you know, someone getting, getting at you in a way. If you try and respond with a cheerful demeanour, it'll allow you to get through that. You kind of rise above it, is the phrase. And that's another good way to think of it. And again, that must be evolved to allow us to, you know, deal with the, out, the outrageous fortune, I guess, as Shakespeare said as well. So all of that seems to be evolved as a trait. Now, again, in ancient times, um, they tried to come up with ways to boost cheerfulness. And uh, doctors in the 17th and 18th century, actually, is what the book goes into. Uh, in those days, uh, the, the big idea was there were four humours or fluids that determine our mood. So, for example, melancholy was black bile, that flu. And this turned out not to be true. It was Greek physicians who first came up with this. I think it was Galen. And for a long time, doctors thought that's what it was. So if you were a bit down, the black bile was building up. And then they thought, well, look, if you could do something to change that, you know, you might actually get better. And a doctor called William Salmon, I've got to mention him because he tried to do a bit of research on this. And he said, if you eat clove, basil, saffron, lemon peel, those things will boost cheerfulness. Now, again... How likely is that? Maybe you feel a bit happy if you smell a bit of lemon or something. There might have been something slightly in that, so you never know. But doctors back then were trying to boost what you might call cheerfulness in people. And again, this may have worked a bit. But that notion of the different humours, you know, and controlling our moods through these different humours doesn't turn out to be true, sadly. But psychologists show, again, the power of positive thinking was the great phrase, is a great way to do this. And then I've also come across um, some great uh, phrases, I guess, and, and um, you know, sayings to help us along these lines and some great quotes. And again, there is good evidence for this, which is what I like about it. So in other words, they've done studies that if you, if you do certain things, you listen to certain phrases, or even if you repeat certain phrases, it can boost your level of cheerfulness, you see. So, so again, there's something happening in the brain there that's, um, that's very interesting to, uh, to psychologists. And again, I can't overemphasize enough how um, someone who displays cheerfulness is very often becomes the leader and can lead other people, I guess. And we love, we love um, people being positive in that way. But here's a couple of lovely quotes that I think really, really capture this. Uh, and, and a couple of these were from soldiers, actually, in, in the Second World War, so it's worth emphasising that. And one soldier said, it is not the most macho or masculine or those with the biggest muscles who win. It's those who look out for each other and remain cheerful 
in adversity. Now, there's a thing, right? So cheerfulness in adversity is especially welcome, isn't it? And a certain percent of people can do that. And, of course, different people at different times might be cheerful, you see. But as long as someone is trying to rally the troops, I guess, is the idea. And then another great quote is Judy Dench. I love her great phrase. She says, Look for the pluses in life. Being negative completely erodes everything. If something bad happens to me, I always say cancel and continue. Now, again, that's an example of exactly what it is I'm trying to tell you about in a sense. It is the power of sort of saying those things to yourself. And Judy must, when she's having a bad time of it and having difficulties, she'll say cancel and continue. Now there's two words to use if any of us are feeling a bit overwhelmed by things. And that state, stating that over and over can then stimulate cheerfulness. And then that seems to have a, a positive feedback effect. And so obviously enough, um, from Timothy Hampton's point of view, uh, there are ways then to boost cheerfulness using these various strategies, which which seem to work, which is brilliant. And then the last bit of science before I end with a really good piece of advice is uh, clearly this is down to, you know, the wiring in our brains and how we respond to things, and uh, which is intensely complicated. And I've dealt with this in previous podcasts. There's all kinds of neurotransmitters buzzing around in your brain, like serotonin and dopamine and endorphins. And our mood is governed by those chemicals, by the way. And obviously, again, on the more severe end, depression, you get stuck in a certain way and you can't change the balance of the chemicals and then you should go, go and seek help, as I say, you know. But this is not that. This There are ways, it seems, to get the right balance of chemicals by trying to come up with phrases or ways to deal with adverse situations. And the kind of Judy Dench um, cancel and continue phrase is a very good example of that, I think. So in other words, you can boost your own cheerfulness using these various methods. And of course, if you want to find out more, and I have no uh, vested interest, I'm cheerful about this book, go and read Timothy's book. But one quote I love in the book is, he ends with this, which is the medical part of the book, which I think is brilliant. Um, there was a great recommendation uh, by a doctor way back in the 18th century to, to boost cheerfulness. And he said, you need good conversation, one glass of wine, not two, because two leads to chattering. Now, nobody wants chattering, do we? That could put you off. Good music, there you have it. You know, those, those really powerful songs I mentioned earlier. And a well-lit room, strangely, because it seems darkness can make you gloomy. And, and, and those things were strongly recommended to boost one's level of cheerfulness. And, of course, they're bound to work, aren't they? Because a great, you can't be in a good conversation with a friend, can you? And you kind of go off on tangents and all kinds of things. You can imagine my conversations, most of my friends leave as soon as I begin talking about science. But a good conversation is great. Glass of wine, that, that relaxes us. And, of course, we know a lot about the... Um, now, alcohol can be damaging, but, you know, um, what's, what's the best praise for this? A moderate use of alcohol has been shown scientifically to be beneficial to us. One glass of wine, not two. Um, and we know about chattering, with too much you see so that's a really good advice there and we've done music before haven't we how music is hugely beneficial to us so all of those things can help and then using those phrases as I mentioned already will help boost your level of cheerfulness and then you might go to work and you might cheer everybody up or wherever you might be through the social interactions between us so there's a reasonable amount of science I hope uh, behind cheerfulness and if you follow the various pieces of advice I've just mentioned there hopefully you will boost your level of cheerfulness so there you have it the science of cheerfulness and thanks very much for listening to that one and remember my podcast is available for download every Thursday and cheerfully enough it's a news talk production thanks for listening